This is the 5 a.m. Miracle, episode number 458. Productive Parenting, Round 2. Daycare, Healthy Habits, and More with Tessa Sanders. Good morning and welcome to the 5 a.m. Miracle. I am Jeff Sanders and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My goal is to help you bounce out of bed with enthusiasm create powerful, lifelong habits, and tackle your grandest goals with extraordinary energy. In the episode this week, my wife Tessa and I discuss life as the parents of two young kids, how our daily schedules and priorities have changed, and how we are guaranteeing time for ourselves, our health, and our kids. Let's get to it. And we're back here in the 5 a.m. Miracle Studios, and I am with, once again, my lovely wife, Tessa. Tessa, welcome to the show. Hi, everybody. You know, this is the first time that you and I have had what I'll call, I guess, uh, equal microphone setups, um, which I'm sure technologically is fascinating to you. Seems the same. Um, I'm sure the listeners love that as well. Uh, But what this means is that you and I are now on equal footing with audio quality. Not that that is like a a marriage uh, comment at all. It's just a a, metaphor. It's not symbolic of anything else. I just finally spent the money to to give you some equal footing here uh, on your microphone. Well, I've been on the show a lot, kind of, compared to other people, right? You've been on the show more than anybody else. And so I assumed, based upon that, you deserved a little bit of a, an extra cushion. Well, thank you. So welcome to the show officially with the, uh, you know, the nicer mic. Great. Happy to be here. Good, good. Um, so the topic of today is all about parenting, what I'm calling productive parenting version two or round two or 2.0, all from the perspective that you were on this podcast uh, earlier this year talking about the birth of our daughter, Rosie, uh, which is our second daughter, second child. And I had planned to interview you like three, four months ago. And then we had some major hiccups with COVID scares, people leaving, me traveling across the globe. And now we're back a few months later. So I actually think now is a better time to discuss where we are, not only because a lot has happened recently, but because we are also now in what I would view a a new season for our family that has a very different structure in terms of the way the calendar looks, uh, our our commutes are different, our, our daily schedules are different. There's a lot that's new. And so I, I thought this would be a good time to discuss I guess the newness, but also our intentionality behind that, where we are now, what that means for our next season of life. And of course, how that relates back to you, the podcast listener, meaning that when your life shifts to a new season, what that means in terms of how you schedule your life, how you plan it out. So I wanted to break down kind of where we are now, what that looks like, um, what your experience, Tessa, has been like through that, and then kind of just, yeah, see where that takes us in terms of our, our next season. Sounds great. Awesome. Awesome? What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> I think I was trying to say awesome and okay at the same time. Is that a new word? Anyway, awesome. Are you going to keep that in? I'm going to keep it in. Okay. Because, man. Because you're so awesome. I am. And we're not going to edit anything today. Okay. All the goofiness will stay. Okay. So from that perspective, let's kick this off with before uh, the summer started, we were in a season where our daughter was not yet in daycare. This is Rosie, daughter 2.0, <laughs> was was not in daycare. Uh, take us back to, I guess it would be May of 2022. Where were we as a family then? What were you thinking then? And, and what has changed since then? 
Okay, let me think. Um, so yeah, not having daycare was like a real big issue. Very for big us. issue. And Huge. I, I think COVID highlighted like the childcare situation in the country, but yeah, for us, that didn't really hit home until like around May of last year. So where we mm-hmm. live in this part of town. There's just like no daycare spots available. So there are daycares well, here. Well, to clarify this, we live in a suburb of Nashville, Tennessee, and Nashville as a city has been exploding with growth in the last few years, even during COVID, right? During the entire pandemic, Nashville continued to grow. And what I have seen, at least from what I can tell, our community has been just, you know, it's been exploding with growth as well. So things like daycares have just been maxed out and we've experienced the full frontal force of that. Right. And, it, you know, we we did IVF, as many of you know, so we knew we were having a baby. So we got on like daycare list really early. And I think in my mind, I thought like since we are very diligent and I have a little daycare spreadsheet and we visited all these places <laughs> and we're on wait lists and we paid to be on certain wait lists that then when it came time for Rosie to go to daycare, we would be fine. Right. And that time, you know, I was... I had about three months off work. I was planning to go back to work March. And still by May, we had nothing. Right. Um, As far as, well, we did have nothing. We had wonderful family members who were sort of taking turns. We had piecemeal together some solutions, but they were just not great. Yeah. I mean, they were great for Rosie. I think she got like (laughs) a whole lot of love that she she probably wouldn't have gotten in like a daycare center. And I think... As any of you who've had kids know, you kind of get germs sent home from daycare. So I do think there were some benefits to her for not joining the daycare thing right away. But as far as productivity, I was really thinking we would have three months off for maternity leave. I would have three months off for maternity maternity leave. And then I would go back to work when she was three months old, full time, working yes. at the office five days a week. And instead, we kind of went back to what we were doing when the pandemic was sort of new, where we were piecemealing, like, I'm going to work for this many hours, and then I'm going to watch her while you work for a couple hours, and then... Yeah, it was was terrible. (laughs) It was messy. uh, Well, it wasn't just messy. I think, even think about it now, the way you're describing it, I can feel stress in my body coming back up from that season. Like, that's how intense it was, even from my perspective of... You know, I'm a control freak. I have a show about productivity for a reason. Like, I want to know here's what's going to happen in this order for this reason. And I can predict even to the, the day of like today, I can see what's going to happen. I know the schedule for today, maybe in this week. And we were at a season where I couldn't even tell you what was happening in the hour I was in. It just felt so haphazard to me. Right. And I I don't want to operate that way. It well, was really having, difficult. Having kids is unpredictable. Like we know yeah. at any moment someone could call and be like, your kid's sick. You got to come get him. Right. And so we know that that is like just part of having kids. Yeah. But it was like so unpredictable at that time <laughs> yeah. that it was really a lot. But then. And then. Something magical took place. We found a daycare. We found a daycare. Uh, I say magical. There's a big asterisk there, which is that this daycare is 25 miles away. Uh, Not in any way close to where we live. And well, it's a 25 minute drive. And so about a half hour drive just to get to this daycare, which is, you know, for most people that might sound normal. It might sound long. It's hard to say to compare 
other people's lives. But I can tell you that from our previous experience, all of our daycares and solutions have all been fairly local for us. Mm-hmm. And this is a daycare that's literally in another city. Yeah. So Which I think was also because we had this expectation that we would get a spot in one of the 15 daycares that are closer to us. Which I think that's the issue when you really think about how many possible solutions are nearby and we have none of them. How many we pass on the way <laughs> to get. We literally drive right by. Yeah. yeah. But it is a lovely little place. So. Oh, it's great. Which we got lucky on that. And so that's starting in June of this year. Rosie began her daycare, and to a certain degree, that's when our new season of life uh, kicked off. But then right away, like, what, a week into that, we got a COVID scare in our house, also known as Tessa got COVID. It wasn't wasn't really a scare (laughs) for me. It scared me. Um, And so Maisie and I decided to take off and go to Missouri to hang out with my parents for a couple of weeks while we waited for you uh, to recover from COVID, which, you know, as a husband slash father, that was a dicey move just to leave you alone with a, a baby but i mean i'd rather you do that than get covid yourself correct and when you left you're like we're leaving so we don't get it i was like that's never gonna happen like we've been exposed <laughs> right. we've been living together like since i had been exposed to it like they're gonna get it they're gonna take it to their parents and everyone's gonna get it and we're all just gonna have a little covid party and it it didn't turn out that way so right in hindsight i think we can say like maybe it did work well it did it absolutely did, uh, which was a magical thing. Um, and then come back from the COVID scare slash event, and almost immediately I took off for a three-week-long trip to Australia, which left you here with two kids. Kind of walk me through what that was like for you. Oh, by the way, I went to Australia for my, my brother's wedding. Um, we got married to a lovely boy named Sarah who was from Sydney, Australia, and I was the officiant in their wedding, so that was why I was there. But that left you here with the two kids. Yeah. I mean, I think the main thing is we just kind of, you know, I don't know why I keep saying like we went back to COVID time, but I think well, that's when what we were like. sort of on lockdown, yeah. it sort of talk, taught us how to just like be home all the time. And with right. two girls and me and my mom was here for most of it, um, but largely we just stayed home. Also, I was just coming out of like COVID. Um, so we just kind of went back into like our old routines from 2020 of just staying around the house and having little activities with the girls, you know, around here, um, and not really going anywhere, which is depressing to me, like thinking about that because like, I really viewed those, that COVID year, 2020, especially as a fluke, like this is a one-time thing we move on, but I've, I felt it just coming back in these little bits and pieces ever since. And it's not gone. And we keep, like, we've raised our two girls essentially in the middle of pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like most, I mean, Rosie's entire life has been there. Maisie, half of her life has been there. Like us as parents, like we all, like we know parenting through the lens of COVID, yeah. which is really bizarre. And I feel like we're just, it's a weird bubble. And I hope that bubble will, has burst at this point, but we, that's been our experience so far. Well, and I think one of, one of the ways I would characterize this season is like, Work and childcare and personal life or personal time have all just really blended mm. because I'm at home. My identity feels very much as a mother instead of like as my own person. Right. And then work is not quite as separate because I'm squeezing it in during the middle of the day or in the evenings or in the weekends or whatever. So, you know. When Maisie was born, we re- I really felt like it was like I have home time 
where I'm with my baby and then I go to work and I, you know, at, when Macy was born, I wasn't working from home at all. And I was sort of priding right. myself and like only working at work and then at home being like very fully like present <laughs> and all that stuff. Um, and I think now I am present with my kids, but I'm also like shifting back and forth doing like work and then trying to squeeze in like a little bit of social time and like me time and like independence time. Um, it's all like very blended together right now. And the blended nature of that, I think, like as a guy who values boundaries more so than ever, the blended nature of that is frustrating to me for a lot of reasons. I think in part because, like, let's say I go to the gym. Fortunately, at our gym, we have daycare. I chose that gym for a reason because my and girls can be there. And, and they love it. It's great. But it also gives me separation. I can I can do my workout. And that's all I'm doing. One activity, I do it well. And then I leave. When I'm home... The idea of me doing just one thing doesn't exist. Like, it's not a thing that is, is there anymore. And so I'm literally doing like eight things at the same time. And it all eventually gets done. So that at the end of the day, you'd say, well, here's the you know the checklist for today. The items got done. Isn't that wonderful? I'm like, yeah, but my experience for that is, is so different. And one that's, you know, once again, as a guy who wants my life to go a certain way and it's not going that way, the means to the end matter to me. The way that things get done matter, and I'm just in this goofy, I don't know, fuzzy area of life where the blended nature feels bad, and I want to find a way to have it not feel that way, and I haven't, I don't have those skills yet, maybe, to cope with that or to figure that out, so it's it's a challenge. Well, and I don't think it's just your skills. I think it's partly, like, where Rosie is developmentally. So, True. like, she needs so much attention, and I think what you're wanting and what I want sometimes, and I think what a lot of people, everybody wants at some point, is to, like, do my own thing. Yeah. I want to do my own thing, and I don't want to think about all these other people who are here who are impacting my thing. And I think Maisie is to a point where she can be a bit more autonomous, depending on what activity she's working Which on. Which is very helpful. Um, but Rosie is still not there. So, you know, we, one of the things that you talk about a lot is, like, early mornings. We've had to, like, really rework our morning schedule <laughs> so that it works for, like, the greater good, which is mostly me. Um, but that's a huge topic we can get to as well. <laughs> There's a lot to say about our morning routines now. What? Um, not that, Do you want to go there now? or do you want... I mean, we, we've gone there. We're going to go there now. Okay. So <laughs> this is this is a fascinating thing. So if you know this podcast well, which you, you may or may not, uh, morning routines obviously is a central uh, focus of the show. Mostly because when I launched this podcast nine years ago now, my morning routine took a central role in my day in terms of establishing my rhythm, my habits, my you know my ideal day was kicked off because my morning was kicked off well. But now we're in this season where the control that I have has been relinquished and the systems I had in place basically don't exist. And so now it's a very hodgepodge reactive mode that I go into. And I mean, let's just be honest here. Our daughter, Rosie, has been sleeping in my studio for the last nine months. Like she has no bedroom of her own. So every night we put her to bed in a crib in my studio. Where we're recording right now. And then every morning we take her out and I haul the crib out of the room so I can work. So we've been in this really awkward, just back and forth stage. So when the mornings show up, and then Rosie is sleeping, and she's asleep till you know, what six a.m. now, basically. Let's hope. Let's hope. 
which means I can't get out of bed before six because if I do, it wakes her up early, which wakes you up early, which causes a ripple effect of insanity right. in the house. Well, and I think that, you know, as as you're talking about your the old way, it was like my routine, my morning, my productivity, my yeah. habits. And I feel like we've sort of shifted right now to like my routine. Like I need them to sleep for until a certain time so that I can get up and do my morning routine by myself so that <laughs> yeah. because once they wake up, they're very clingy, needy, and it's hard to like put curlers in your hair or whatever when you have two children with you. So it sort of shifted to a phase where like I need this to go my way for now. And the result of that is that you don't get to like have your sort of ideal morning or your desire routine in the morning, which doesn't feel great to you. It doesn't, but then if you, let's just take this morning as a good example where I woke up basically at the last possible minute and I had the shortest possible routine to get up, get dressed, get Rosie and drive her half an hour away to her daycare and back. And so then my morning routine started when I returned from the, the morning commute. So instead of me doing it before, now I'm doing it after. So I've been awake for at least an hour and a half and then I began the routine. And so I've just time shifted the same activities and it still works. The same things are still getting done. It's just a different way of doing them. And in part, I feel fine about that because once again, at the end of the day, all the boxes were checked, but the means matter to me too, because I know that affects my attitude, affects my energy, it affects my productivity overall. Everything here is connected. And so when I look at my day, I'm always asking that question, like, what's the most efficient, beautiful solution here? And then recently, I've just been racking my brain and being like, I don't see it. Like, it doesn't exist in the way that I want it to. And I think that, to me, is where I get, kind of get stuck because I'm wondering, am I just going to be here indefinitely? Forever. Forever. Well, <laughs> or does it get better? And, and it does. Right. So That's what I was going to say. Like, what we've realized with kids is, like, they change all the time. What worked three months ago doesn't work now. Right. And kids change and, you know, sleep patterns change and all that stuff. So... You know, this idea, and I I always say this, I'm like, this is going to be this way forever. And you're always the one reminding me, like, it's just a phase. It'll right. pass. Yes. Probably sooner than you This too want. shall pass. Yeah. That's how it goes. Uh, so, yeah, that's basically where we've been then is looking at this routine from that lens of how do we optimize that aspect. Uh, but let's shift now to the commutes because I feel like that's, in many ways, the boundaries of the day because now – each of us takes a daughter, we drive all across town, and then at the end of the day, we do it in reverse, and next thing you know, like our family's back together at the end of the day, but it was all kind of you know guarded by those commutes that kind of really set the tone for, here are the hours you have before the commute, the hours between, the hours after, and then how you get things done at any point in time in those open spots, if they're open at all. How's that been for you in terms of of the commute and how it's affected, I guess, your work schedule, your your routine in general? What if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. 
Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Well, it's interesting because I think really like the start of school for Maisie is like our whole schedule is is working around like when does Maisie have to be dropped off at school? And then we sort of backtrack from that to figure out like then when do we need to do our morning stuff? When do we need to get up? All that stuff, um, which I guess was happening before when Maisie was but being it, dropped off. It feels off. different, though, even though it might be the same. Like you maybe let's let's say that you're a listener to this podcast right now and you don't have kids and you think, well, I have to drive to work and home every day. I have a commute every day, too. That's true. And I used to have that, too. And Tessa has had that for a lot of times, too. But there is a an emotional like difference in what this thing means in large part, because if I don't drop off the girl, in my case, one of them, you have the other. It dramatically affects my work day. I can't mm-hmm. think because there's a crying baby in my house, you know, which is different than like I might be late to the office and tell my boss I'm sorry. Like it's it, there's a difference in, I guess, the way that I perceive what the commute is now. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense. Yeah, kind of. Well, I, I think I just view, I mean, part of it is I worked from home for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't even have a commute for right. a long time. And now I do again. And that commute is also different because in large part, it feels like I'm just driving nonsensically across town and back. Mm-hmm. Like it, it feels like a waste of time. Like right. productivity wise, I'm like, what am I doing in the car for an hour twice a day? Right. Two solid hours a day in the car. There's got to be more to my life than that. Right. Like mm-hmm. I have this just like nagging feeling of I want more from this, which, yes, I listen to podcasts in the car. I also listen to audiobooks and other great things. But there's a big part of me that just feels like, man, I could do so much more with this time if mm-hmm. I had it back. Yeah. That's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, well, and there's not really know? a way to fix that. I mean, you know, at least eventually Rosie will go to a different daycare, presumably closer to us. Yes. But like Maisie's going to be going to that school until things drastically change for us, if mm-hmm. ever. So like, mm-hmm. you know. Speaking of like the differences between the commutes, like you are driving 20 to 30 minutes each way with a baby in the back. So yes. you're listening to all the stuff. I'm driving 20 to 30 minutes, a commute that I would be making anyway. So in some ways that feels like a bit more like Because Maisie's, Maisie's school is right next to where you are. Right. Which is wonderful. Yeah. Not like Rosie's daycare, which is just out in the middle, middle of like nowhere. nowhere. <laughs> um, but... I also feel like it's kind of a waste of time because I'm not able to listen to my podcasts and audiobooks and all that stuff as much because right. Maisie's in the car and I want to like soak that time up with her and like do something productive, I guess, with her. But like she doesn't want me to like badger her with questions for 30 minutes. Um, so she's not the best. Yeah. Partner in crime there. Right. And like, you know, mornings are better than afternoons. But I've been trying to sort of figure out like, you know. Is there some programming we can listen to together? Or, like, can I have her listening to something while I'm also listening to something? And, like, what do we want to do with that? And 
And also like, or should I just like not be trying to make this time productive and let it be more like restful? Well, I think that's the question that I was asking myself is that if you look at the day as a whole and, you know, these various points where we have like obligations to go to work, to take the girls to daycare, in my case, to go to the gym or or have work hours in the middle of the day. The question I'm asking in all of these points in time is what is the ideal here? What am I trying to get from this time? What what's practical? What's you know, what's more my personal take on like I would love for this to happen, but and with those questions, like I do come up with the best case scenarios, but sometimes they're not that great. Right. Right. Sometimes the ideal is just not fantastic. But once again, back to the idea that this is a season, these things will change. Or there's just parts of my life I'm just going to sacrifice for the greater good of what this means to me overall. And I think that it feels like a loss to me because in the past, I didn't have that time, you know, taken from me, if you want to use that phrase. And but now I do. And because I chose to have kids, like I opted into all of this. And so it's just that question of how do I redefine what my life now looks like as a husband, father, homeowner, business owner, you know, keep adding on those titles. But that also means that my life is changing and what I used to do in my 20s, let's say, is not who I am now. It's not what my life's going to look like going forward. And I think that I still have this emotional attachment to who I used to be and what I used to accomplish. And, And I think that is something I have to, in many ways, let go of and just acknowledge that that season is over. And then looking forward, what is the best case scenario? What do I want out of my life now? And how can I get as close to that as possible in most days? Well, and I think it's also like I don't want to go too far down that path and just like totally give up like my own identity for the sake of being a Which mother. Is, yeah, you definitely don't need to either. We're not asking ourselves to give up it's our, like, our identities. Right. Right. Like right. we're not going to walk away. Like Tessa and Jeff as individuals are gone now. And all I am is a parent. Right. You know? <laughs> Which can't be the solution either. So, yeah, finding like a balance. And I think because we have really little kids, there's like on the spectrum of like, I don't know, my own identity and my identity as a parent, I, I'm I'm farther down the parenting yes, side. Yes, that pendulum has swung big time right. for now. But as they get older, and we've yes. already seen this with Maisie. I mean, she, it's amazing how many things she can do on her own. Oh, my gosh. Does yeah. she do them? Maybe not, but like she could. But her like autonomy and intelligence and abilities, have they've skyrocketed just in the last you know six months. And you can see that. And so we know that, like these are seasons that are changing. Right. It's funny because like I realized like, oh, Rosie's wanting to eat more food. And like if she's going to eat, then like I have to like be really like proactive and thoughtful about that. Whereas Maisie will just go get herself some food. Right. And it's <laughs> it's kind of, you know, seeing them together now makes me realize really how far Maisie has come when it yeah. comes to developing her own identity. And not just as like as a child, like as our child, but like as her own self, which is, you know beautiful it is i mean it's an amazing process to watch you know these girls grow up and become individuals um and i guess to to that degree to watch us evolve as adults into our our next season i was uh, recently i was talking to i think it was my brother's in-laws in australia looking at their life like as you know retired adults in another another country I, i experienced quite a bit in australia with seeing life through the lens of someone else and a big part of that for me was then reflecting back on what does that mean and the way that I'm viewing my own life. And to that degree, what I'm asking myself is if I was older, wiser, more mature, looking back at this season, like what would I, Jeff Sanders, 20, 30 years from now, say to myself now? And I think that I, I could see that almost in that sense of 
this is a season and there's a lot to be valued and gained from this. And I don't want to walk through it day to day feeling as though I'm losing something, but instead the exact opposite. Like there is so much to be gained from this season. I don't want to lose in large part because we have so many magical moments with our daughters that I know we're going to lose in the future because they're going to grow up and change and leave. Like that's all coming. And so I, I don't want to ever take that perspective of like, woe is me. This is a hard hardship on, on my part. Like there is a lot to be gained here. I think it is hard to step back though sometimes, but there's so many like movies and books and quotes about like living your life in the present and not yeah. like waiting until like, you know, wait until the, the kids grow up and then things will be better or wait, you know, wait until you get the dream job or you get the bigger house or you get your office back. It's like, this is your life now. This is our right. life. And like, this is, like you said, the magical moments are happening like here now with all this like kind of messy chaos. Um, and well, it's that same quote from Albert Einstein. I keep uh, talking about in the podcast in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity, right? In the middle of the challenge, there's something to be gained here. And from that perspective, I'm just, I'm, I need to ask that question more. Like what can be gained here? Because I always get ideas. Mm-hmm. Right? There's always a solution. There's always some creative avenue I can take that leads to a better end result. And I just, I think sometimes I just get tired. Right. You know, I get stressed. I, there's just, sometimes it's just a lot. Yeah. But in those moments where I'm feeling okay, like right now, for example, I could ask those questions mm-hmm. and then have a better response. And so I think being reflective enough and aware enough to know that like there is more to this than what I'm seeing. Yeah. It's interesting too, this idea of like, what would you say to yourself? Like, 10, 20, 30 years, Mm. you know, at this time of year, well, we're heading into the fall, but like I often will read the Christmas Carol in, you know, in the fall, winter Mm. time. And I don't know how much you know about the Christmas Carol, but anyway, he sort of goes back, like he's like kind of traveling back through time to see his like previous self. Um, And there's like the ghost of Christmas past and the ghost of Christmas yet to come. And anyway, it's all very like kind of looking at your life from a different perspective and like what it was like at that time. And it, it's, I think it's just a good time to like pause and think like, you know, what would the future me tell me? What would I tell my past version of me? Right. Yeah. Well, it's like that question of like, you know, when were those, those golden years, the best years. And the only real answer to that is like, I'm living those years out now. Yeah. Like in 20 years, I'm going to look back at this season and be like mournful. I don't have those again. Like, I know that, like, I'm going to look back at this and be like, I wish I was younger, prettier, you know, more energetic or whatever I'm going to feel in 20 years. And it's hard to, to feel that now because I see more wrinkles on my face now than I did 10 years ago. You know, like, I, I see myself getting older as opposed to myself, like living a life right now that has a lot to be gained. Yeah. So wrinkles. <laughs> Parenting gives you wrinkles. Yeah. It real. does. <laughs> Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. 
Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Tessa, next topic. What we got? Um, we want to talk about healthy habits. In terms of what? Well, I think you know we've talked about all this, like maybe lack of autonomy or shifting habits or changes. But within that, you've been able to like maintain some healthy habits, try some new healthy habits, that or is true. even just habits. And I think that also intersects with like maintaining your own identity as like who you are, like Jeff Sanders, the person, That's not a very necessarily good the parent. Yeah. So like. Well, this goes back to, I did an episode of the podcast, what was it, six weeks ago, about smoothies. And one thing that I have taken, even from that own episode where I took the time to make it, was to reflect on my own healthy habits and thinking about what do I eat, when do I eat it, how often do I eat it, what does that mean for my life in terms of when do I prepare food, when do I buy the food, when do I bring it home? There's just practically a lot of questions when you're asking that, like, how do I be my best self every day? Well, I know from my philosophy, a health-first approach to productivity in life means I want to be healthier. And for that to be true, I have to eat well, I need to exercise, I need to sleep well, all of which are challenging with two kids at this these ages. And so I have to be more intentional than ever to make those things true. And so one thing I did was to integrate a daily smoothie again, um, bringing it back into my life, but in a more profound way of saying, like, this is a symbolic centerpiece of me making the intentional decision to be healthy today and knowing that when I do that later on today, I'll have more energy tomorrow. I'm going to feel healthier and better. I'll get sick less often. Like those, those kinds of thoughts, like really guide me forward and say, I want to make the better choice here with the food. I want to make sure I go to the gym every single afternoon with my daughter, because I need that time to move my body because I can't get anywhere else. It's going to happen right there. Like I'm going to force it in. And knowing that I'll be better for it. So for me, the Healthy Habits conversation is much more of a, here are the few pillars of health I want to make sure always happen and then make sure they happen and stay very diligent to those. And these last few weeks as I've done that, it absolutely works. Like it has not been difficult. It's actually been way easier than I thought to make those things true. But I had to commit up front to say, here are the, the few things I'm going to value and, and sure are happening and then just go off and do them. And then I'm going to reap the benefits of those things down the road. Well, and then you systematize it. So, yeah. you know, you think, what do I need to put in place? And then you do. And then the next day, you don't have to think about it a million times right. or wonder, like, what am I going to have for my morning snack? Or, like, what am I going to do after I pick them up today? Which, by the way, episode 457 just last week was all about this topic. So you want to go into a full deep dive. I break it all down uh, right there. But I think the big headline here is, like, even within all this messy scheduling stuff, like it's still possible to keep like the you know a few strongholds when it comes to health and right. wellness. Yeah. Which I mean obviously when you have young kids you want to be present for them. I know in order for me to to be the most helpful for you, to be helpful for myself and for them, like I can't walk into a family experience stressed out, tired, overweight, angry, angry, sick. 
uh, you know, thinking about work because I didn't get it done that day, like all those things that could pull me away mentally and physically from that moment. Like, I don't want those barriers to be in place. And so if I can knock those things down one at a time, then when those moments show up, I can just be a dad. I can just be a husband. I can just be present and feel good about that and not feel like I've lost something. But instead, like I'm I showed up like, let's Mm -hmm. do this. And that's what I want to feel more often. Well, and acknowledging you're not going to be able to do all the things you want to do. So to be able right. to say, like, these are the two, like, most important things for me or whatever. Which that was when, before we had kids. I asked a number of people about, like, what was that shift like for you when you you know went from, a, you know, 20 something to then later on having kids and running businesses? And, like, how did your life really change? Or what was the big, you know, shift you made? And across the board, what I heard, which I've now experienced firsthand, is you go from a life where your time is your own and you could have a very long checklist for the day and do all the things and more to a life where you don't have time for a hundred things today. You're going to have time for like seven and you choose those seven very wisely and you filter and you make sure those seven things matter and then you do them. And then at the end of the day, you are likely to actually make more forward progress in your life because you're so much more intentional with what you value. You know what you value. You've identified it. And the other stuff you used to do that you thought was important, it just fades away. And you don't miss it because it wasn't actually that valuable. I was just kind of addicted to the checklist or addicted to wanting to just keep moving as opposed to actually valuing the things I truly value. Or giving excuses. Like, I think... It's so easy for me to just like work into the evenings or onto the weekends or whatever. Right. That's my tendency. And I have in my previous life stages have been like, I can't not do this. Like I have to. Because we're workaholics. Well, yeah. We're perfectionists. We're type A high achievers who just want to keep moving. So you and I, the fact that both of us are that way makes this marriage even funnier to me because we're just both like, we're not butting heads, but we both have this like. Here's my list. Here's my list. Let's duke it out. Right. Who's gonna get, who's this gonna win today? Like that's just how our marriage works, which is great. It has its advantages, but also I think we're both gonna we, we could burn ourselves out right. in that attempt to to continue that intensity. Right. Which I think is one thing that has been really helpful is that because we're both prone to do that, I think we're also prepared to like pick up the slack. Right. So like when one of us is like, I need to sleep right. That's my thing. I need to sleep right now. Um, Or when you're like, I need to make some healthy food right now, or I need to go to the gym or I need to like drink some water or whatever before I can engage with our family time. The other one is like willing to pick up the slack a bit because we know what it's like to like need to have those things in place to prioritize those things. And then we also know what will happen if those needs are not met. It's also really funny. This is on topic sort of, (laughs) which is that. Over the weekends, we have someone is always sleeping in this house on the weekends. I'm a tired person. Not just you. You're one of them. (laughs) But someone's always taking a nap. And so it's really weird for me because let's give a good example. Like a random Tuesday, if you're at work, the girls are in daycare and I'm at home, the house is just mine. Right? I can play music as loud as I want. I can do basically whatever I want. Be in any room. I can be in any room in the house for a certain number of hours and then it's over. And on the weekends... Everyone's at home and everyone has these random nap schedules. And so I can't be loud. I can't use my blender. I can't play music. Like I feel restricted from doing like Jeffish things, which is, you know, it's fine. But I also that kind of like I the letting go aspect of like I have to be a chameleon and like adapt to whatever's happening next, which is, you know, once again, the kind of a challenge that I'm just 
randomly having to work through. Which I think is why the daycare thing like hit us so hard because we were really relying on that to give us our own space back. Like I need yeah. someone to take this child who's loving and caring and can nurture them so that I can go do my thing and know that the children are still like well cared for and loved. And I think this whole like me being bitter about childcare is really about me wanting like my own space and time to like do my own thing. Which I never realized how much I valued autonomy until we had kids. I didn't realize how much I valued alone time or like what I used to have was like time in the woods. Like I'd go hiking, I'd go for long runs, you know, literally running marathons in the woods. And I don't have that time anymore. And I, when I do get it, it's like this amazing, blissful oasis of like, oh my gosh, it's, it's like a, like a massage. You're just like, I haven't had this in months. It feels so good. Like that's how I feel when I'm alone. It's like, oh my gosh, look at this moment. It's so beautiful. Um, not to say I don't enjoy being around people, but like, I think that both of us have learned that we're more introverted than we thought we were. And we value alone time a lot more, not just for the sake of focus and productivity, but for like personal emotional sanity like it's important yeah which i think is also like just we're intentional to say like i need this to happen so like we're going to work with each other to like make it happen right to the extent that we can given our you know boundaries or whatever (laughs) well that's a huge part of it too is that we're constantly having to communicate more than before about here's what i need now here's what you need now how can we you know compromise and find a solution there's a lot more of that going on because before i would just if i needed time i would just go take it right i and talking to you is a waste of time because i could just go do the thing and that was it right but now it's like i need to have the conversation with you to guarantee it can't happen uh, at all um which is just you know the next level of fun so glory uh what else we got okay um that's all i have on my list well, this is done. Other than when you're going to have Maisie on the podcast. Oh, good question. Yes, I'm going to have to uh, bring on Maisie and Rosie. Uh, speaking of that, so yesterday, I told you this story, I think, yesterday. I was in the car with Maisie on the way to the gym. Oh, yeah. And I was listening to a podcast from one of my friends, David Hooper. There you go. Uh, bigpodcast.com. And listening to his show, and Maisie was asking me, like, oh, is this an audiobook? And I was like, oh, no, this is a podcast. You know, Daddy records a podcast every week. And she was like, oh, that's a big responsibility. I was like, what? And then she asked me, she was like, can we listen to a phonograph? I was like, who taught you the word phonograph? And then she was like, I want some more Cheez-Its. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, this daughter is just all over the place everywhere. And like, she's filled with intelligence and filled with weirdness. And she's a four-year-old. That's just what happens. But yes, I want to bring her onto the show. Now that she is sort of aware of what a podcast even is, I'd like to bring her on and get some some recordings there. So you may hear Maisie slash Rosie in the future. Um, if I can convince them to talk into a microphone. Awesome. Good. Well, Tessa, this has been a lot of fun. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Our lives are are oh. all new. Uh, I'll bring you back on sometime in the near future so we can discuss whatever next season shows up, which I think is going to be uh, when Rosie changes daycares. <laughs> I feel like that's going to be the next big shift because there is, I mean, literally, there's a daycare being built in our neighborhood and Rosie's on the list to join them the second the building is finished. And so we're just waiting. But there are staffing issues that are crazy <laughs> in this part of town, as we mentioned. So it's not like... It's not a guarantee. Yeah, we'll see how there that There are no guarantees. Goes. That's the thing. Yeah. There are none. That's the thing. You just roll with it. That's it. Well, and every great thing has like... What's the opposite of a silver lining? Every gray cloud, I guess, has a silver lining. So, like, right. you know, we might have a great daycare. It's too far away. We might get one that's closer that, like, 
has, it's not open half the right, time. Is, right. So, <laughs> you know, with all of that, all of the issues, there are also great things going on. Yeah, it's a lot, but uh, we're, we're making it work somehow. But uh, but yeah, thank you again for being on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, if you want to discuss anything else in the future, you let me know and you know where I live. So uh, yeah. you can come chat with me anytime. Great. Good. All right. Thank you. Bye. And for the action step this week, embrace the season you're in now. Whatever season of life you are in will end and a new season will begin soon. So let the current season be what it is and love it for all it's worth. There are opportunities available to you right now. So seek them out and you will find them. JeffSanders.com slash 458 is the place to go for the episode notes. And of course, subscribe to this podcast in the app you're using right now or go to jeffsanders.com slash subscribe. That's all I've got for you here on the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life, and the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less? All while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.